Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's all calm down. Times. Come on. boo do 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 Yeah. Wait, Hi. Yeah, it's like, yes. I mean, I guess, Claire. <laughs> You just don't like happiness. No, I don't like Joe Biden. <laughs> anyway, hello everyone and welcome to Suggestible Podcast. My name is Claire. James here also. We are married and we recommend you stuff. I, all I'm saying is it's not done. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's so many more things just in case you that need to happen. With, I know. And just, I know, but can't we And it's just... not like a staggering victory. All right. Okay. So just in case you were sleeping <laughs> under a rock or something, we are talking about um, the US election and the win of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as the president-elect and vice president-elect. And I know all of this. I know all the same problems are still exactly there. However, I just feel like it's been a bit of a win for the world. And don't we need some good news? Yeah, I guess we do, Claire. (laughs) Anyway, here we talk about... Movies and comics and TV shows. No, That's what are you talking about? One. That's the Weekly Planet. No, we That's suggest other things. Podcast. We suggest you things and I just want to suggest that I know life is very difficult for a lot of people this year. 2020 has bloody been put in the bin. It should be put in the bin. It's a real hard year. And I know people in the UK and you're going back into lockdown and there's a lot of issues in the world and the planet's on fire and all those things. I just want to take like Stephen Goldbear said on his show, I just want to take this tiny little minute to celebrate good times, come on. <laughs> anyway, that's it. Neither here nor there. Yeah, I know. But also it's like, who knows, you know what I mean? Like there's all these climate goals that are hopefully going to be put in place, but then they can be rolled back at any point, you know what I mean? Not... I know, I know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay, I think also... it's easy to be like, look, we've had, we've had a couple of days of like happiness or whatever or four minutes if you're someone like me. You know what I mean? But this is like an ongoing thing. And I know it's like it's only the US, but they set the tone for the, a lot of the Western no, okay. of the world. Here is in why. Here is why I have so much hope now. And this is the major reason, regardless of. This who, is going to be your greatest failing, all this hope that you have, Claire. Oh, my <laughs> good Lord. You're the, you're the worst. Anywho, this is my. This is the reason I have hope because we finally have someone in charge of one of the biggest economies in the world, right? American democracy is something that is looked upon by the rest of the globe, right? And where they seem to go, particularly in our neck of the woods, is where we seem to follow. And having someone in that position of power who tells the truth that is based on fact and believes in science sure, yeah. no, I is completely incredible. Agree. I completely also, agree. Also, Kamala Harris as the first vice president, as the first anything in the White House in that kind of VP or yeah, presidential role. Incredible. Who is A, a woman, B, a black woman, C, a Southeast Asian woman. Just, a, just I can't even explain to you how I just bawled my eyes out because I know that for you it's not that big a deal. No, it but, is. But, like, of if you look is. at that meme, right, that I put up on Instagram, it's just a sea of white men. Oh, yeah. A sea of white men. And the then same suddenly, dude, like 46 yeah, times exactly, in a row. And suddenly 
there are little girls everywhere. And I know I sound very twee when I say this, but I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. There are little girls everywhere who will grow, who are growing up right now, seeing themselves reflected in this massive position of power. We've only had one female prime minister in Australia, and she wasn't voted in by the popular no. vote either. So, and that's in the entire history of our country. Yeah. And I just it makes Well, she me did so... win the follow-up election. Oh, yeah, she yeah. did. Correct. Yes. You're absolutely right. But I just – and I love Julie Gillard. After a draw. She, well, um, it was, I know. Yes. But, but she, anyway, all I'm saying is how incredible. And aren't we allowed to be hopeful? Yes. I mean, what else is there? So, Despair. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. You and know. that is incredible. And I, and I And I don't mean to take that away from you or yes, anybody else. James. It genuinely is incredible. <laughs> anyway. Uh because if you want to see change, then, you know, we have to change the way that things have always been done. Quick you know question. What, what if you don't want to see change? <laughs> anyway. What do I do then? Okay, let's move along. Move along. Let's Enough move it along. Chit- chat. Love to you, however you voted out there and wherever you are in the world. We hope you're doing all right. Stay safe. Let's et stay safe, etc. Let's recommend you some cool stuff let's to do it. Like what cope we got? with what the got? world at the moment because we all need it. It, uh, it is look. I don't, it is good news for us in particular. For, well, for, I mean, huge. obviously, depending on. It's huge. For I mean, you to unless say you that. could be like the what, seventy million people. You were that walking don't. on a cloud of sunshine. Yeah, but I've been reading a bunch of stuff since then, Claire. And, oh, and just like about like the presidential, like the handover. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I like, there's a lot. To I mean, go. like some there's group chats that are just like firing off like wild conspiracy theories about lost ballots and all this kind of shit, oh. which is like there's been zero evidence of. And it's not no, going to be a smooth transition and there's going to be, like, people who never all accept right. it. And, all right. But, no, 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 but, again, celebrate good times. Come on. Would you want me to recommend something, yeah, Claire? Guys, it's like the – like, you know who you are? You're Eeyore. You are Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. Who did he vote for? Your old sad sack. <laughs> you have been wanting this moment for so long. You've been just, like, dreaming about it. When it happened, you were so ecstatic. And now you've sunk into Well, what Eeyore I realised is – What's the point? That if I want to be happy, I need to look – Internally, not externally. And there's just a big black hole yeah, where your heart should be. I looked in there and I went, oh, this is it's pretty grim <laughs> pretty in here. Pretty dreary. Anyway. All right. Off you, off you pop. Come on, give us something. Queen's even... Gambit on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Netflixed. Based on the 1983 novel of the same name. It's created by uh, Scott Frank and Alan Scott, who aren't related because they have different last names. But <laughs> Anya Taylor-Joy. I just Joy, you hanging there. Uh, so what, <laughs> stars as Beth Harmon, a child chess prodigy in the Cold War era where she's taking on chess masters from around the globe to become the best chess player. And if you love chess, you might be like, wow, there's some good chess moves. And if you love somebody like picking up a chess book from the library and being like, oh, my God, look at this, look at Wilson's chess manoeuvre or whatever, you know, we're talking about specific <laughs> chess tactics. You're going to bloody love it, mate. So Bishop, queen, horse, horse, pawn. Horse to horse too. Is it knight? It's a nice Knight to horse. You don't know. I don't know either. I, I, do you play like chess? I know your dad was a big fan. My dad was a plays. big um, player of chess and my brother plays. I just don't really have the brain for it. I think you probably would, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd say you wouldn't have the interest in it. Yeah, more than that's the probably brain. it as well. You could but... Queen's Gambit it. <laughs> Look, I've got a great brain. I love my brain. But I just it doesn't really work that way. I just I'm not I'm not a visual person. You have to be able to kind of visualize like a whole lot of steps ahead. Well, that's what this chess. is about, isn't it? Oh, I'm more of a Connect Four man myself. But listen, <laughs> uh, so uh, Beth Harmon, who's the lead in there, the play behind the Anya Taylor Joy, she has a reliance on substance to win. 
it helps her kind of visualize like the situations and she plays high or and practices high because it's kind of if you heard about that as well like if you apparently there's research to suggest that if you're in a certain state when you learn something and when you get back in that state you'll be more likely to learn it if you're in the same kind of altered state have you heard that before um, I remember hearing that in school. I don't know whether that's true anymore. Uh, I don't know either. But, you know, recommend drug taking. Good job. I'm not talking about drug. I'm talking about anything. I'm talking about getting bloody blitzed, mate, and bloody oh, alcohol. Yeah. Do you know what? There is some talking really interesting cocaine. stuff about microdosing with LSD and yeah. things like that, about expanding your brain and mind. Exactly, exactly. Not that I've tried any of that, but, you know, interesting. You're too old now. You're like me. You can't be t- starting experimenting only, with drugs. I'm only 35. You told me I was in my 40s today, <laughs> and I am f- – very sick of you gaslighting me with my age. Not that it matters if you're in your 40s, but I am Exactly. Not yet. What does it matter, Claire? All right. Anyway, it's interesting and very compelling. I know you've just started it. I've finished it. I think there's seven episodes, but there's a couple of criticisms that I'm going to throw your way, Claire, one of which I think you'll heavily relate to. You'd be like, oh, James has been listening to me. He knows what's going on. He's, he's changing <laughs> his ways. He's a man. He's a modern man living in a modern era, right? I don't know about that. One thing is it's not real. It's not a true story. Like, for the start of this, I'm like, oh, this is a very interesting story of this real chess player that exists. No, she didn't exist. Not a real person. Based on a fictional book. So I'm like, oh, boo. Less interesting. I was like, this is what a fascinating historical figure. No, she's not real. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't let that detract from the story itself because it's still very interesting. Cold War era politics and chess, Claire. Are you kidding me? What a combination. <laughs> the second thing is, and I think you'll hate this, like, she's the one of the best chess players in the world. She's beaten all these men or whatever. Like, you can't play chess as a woman. And she's like, well, watch how good I am at chess. But then often these people, like, become her mentors and they're like, listen, if you want to play chess, this is how you play chess or whatever. So there's a lot of men, like, explaining chess to her and how chess works. And, like, this is chess and this person plays chess like this, but you could play chess like this. And she's like, maybe I won't play chess like that. So, you know. Let's see. And it's fictional, so they could have written it in any That's way. That's what I'm saying, Claire. So it kind of annoys me that she takes substances and then plays as well because isn't that kind of being like, well, women can only play if they take substances and get high. That's what they say. There's someone who says in, in, the, in the story, women can only play chess <laughs> when they take substances and get high. Look, I will say I've only watched kind of the first half of the first episode. Yeah. And, and one thing I will say about it, it's just bloody great to have more women doing interesting I completely stuff. agree. And that's it's a great performance and she's great. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I just think for so long women's characters have been pretty one-dimensional yeah. and they're always like Reese Witherspoon always has this great quote about how women in film tend to turn to the guys and go, what do we do now? And really in life that very rarely happens. More likely men You've are You've never asked me about. what to do. And whenever I do, <laughs> you do, I'm like, I don't fucking know. What do I know? I, I just think that there are a hell of a lot of women who when – the shit hits the fan, they make the lasagna. I completely agree. They make the things happen. And look, it's all generalizations and their gender. That's true. You know, all those things. You see it in, uh, in friendship groups when something happens. Well, that, no, that's that's a not a great generalization because men obviously also look out for oh, their they mates do. and everything. Absolutely. But I think women are also. And non-binary and in, people too. And non, of course. Yeah. No exclusion here. Everybody's welcome. We bloody love you all, Correct. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, Oftentimes, and I know with like your friends, if somebody like there's a great tragedy, something happens, mm-hmm. like it is, it's lasagnas and and like long walks and all these kinds of things. And men, it's like, do you want to have a beer and sit silently together? <laughs> Would you like to sit in silence at a bar? Yeah, yeah. Even in during the pandemic lockdown that we've been doing, I think in general, women have sort of like 
let's go for walks and let's get out and let's try and meet for coffees and let's do Zooms and stuff. I think and you're just talking about me specifically because I think there's a lot of men <laughs> that actually, who actually like That's that. That's very true. That's very true. Anyway, all I'm saying is it's at least 50, if not more, that like in a crisis women generally figure out the shit and know what to do. I agree. So it's Women just really great. are better than men no, is what you're saying. No, they're not at all. No, I'm not saying that at all. I think feminism is about um, men and women being treated equally mm. and having equal opportunity and that goes into having equal, you know, Chess playing rich abilities. storytelling and rich and complicated characters and that's why I like this show. You should follow someone on Twitter and she's probably on Instagram. She's called Natalie Walker. She's an, she's an actress, actor. Well, <laughs> Uh, and she does like she does like these monologues of like stereotypical women in film. There's one where she talks about how she's like the southern um, wife of a husband who's coaching a football team that's going to solve racism. And she like does that one speech <laughs> in the movie about here you got into this because you're going to do the right thing and you're a good man and all this. Go- you know that speech that happened. Correct. She's really great. You should follow. Yeah, her. Yeah. Okay. Because that is the thing. I know you want to keep going. I just wanted to quickly say I know, this. I'm done. All right, all right, okay. Well, I I do did really enjoy what I saw of the Queen's Gambit. Um, yeah, it's good. It is really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And the other thing I wanted to say, and this is criticism I have of the movie that you recommended last week, Love and mm. Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Because I started watching it and immediately I thought, oh, written by dudes. Did you finish Love and Monsters? I did. Okay. And they it annoyed crab, me. They have a big crab fight at yeah, the end. Yeah, I know. And you were like, oh, wait till you get to the end. There's a crab fight. Yeah, I know, but. It was bullshit and this is why it was bullshit. Here I go. Here I go. Because, A, all of the women in it were seen through the lens of the main character who is like a white dude, right? Yeah. And so every woman in that, every female character was either, even the bloody dog, there was a dog in it called Boy and his most interesting female character in it was dead and he just carried around her red dress all the time. The dog was a boy in real life. So how could they write write it? See, yeah, they, this maybe, is what I mean. And anyway, in Love and Monsters, right, so there's his mum who he spends the whole time, and this is the problem with so much of them, particularly when it's written by a man. Yeah. It's because they write women in relation to them. So it's their mother, their girlfriend, and even you're like, oh, wait for the kick-ass. No, let me continue. There was a big crab fight. Yeah, but I know, but <laughs> whatever. And I enjoyed it. Like I'm not saying it was a terrible movie, but I couldn't enjoy it enough because I kept getting irritated by the way that the women were portrayed. So also even the character that you're like, oh, wait a minute, and there's like a girl in it, like a young girl who's got kind of like a father figure. She's lost her family. I do that, yeah. And she, you know, she's still written in this way where she ends up learning from him, from the main character, and also the fatherly kind of figure talks to her a lot as well. So yeah. it's – and then even when he finally, you know, spoiler alert – you know, reunites with the girl that he's like done the whole thing for, for the quest. And she's ending up being this kind of like perfect woman who's badass and kick-ass and great and also like looks after an entire colony and then, you know. They have a crab fight. They have a crab fight and then there's like a fight between a villainous woman and her. Yeah, that and I, that's gratuitous. Yeah, always it was a, gratuitous. It's like time, two yeah. sexy women fighting. And then yeah. in the end, like she initially used to be like, well, I'm not really into you because the other guy, uh, the man died and so I, I couldn't possibly, you know, get with some <laughs> other man. I'm like, fuck off. It's the end of the world. Of course you would get with another guy. Anyway. And, th- Wait, and that, that annoyed me. And then they kiss at the end and she's like, oh, that was amazing. And I just, it really irritated me because I felt like there were no, even the bloody robot, there's a robot in it and that's the other female character. And the robot just exists to be a vacuum for his own memories. <laughs> like it 
blood and it's like his mum flashes up on the screen and she's like, oh, I'll give you my last charge so you can call the girl that you want and also stare at your mother and now I'm dead. <laughs> Seriously, it fucking, I just exploded in a pit of rage and I was like, this is why women need to write their own stories. And if you're a woman out there listening to this or you're a partner of a woman or a friend of a woman who is a writer, she needs to write the thing so we have more representation and more stories by women, for women, so the women's characters are complicated and flawed and interesting and funny and it's bullshit. And also Parkinson this week said that women aren't funny and fuck that guy. Is, I used to really like Parkinson. Is he alive? Sorry, I'm really angry. <laughs> I can tell. Did he really say that? <laughs> yes. I didn't even he know really he was did. alive. There's an article this week on Twitter. Fucking hell. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. All right. Moving on. I thought the crab fight was really good. Yeah, I can't look, disagree with I, any look, of that. I really, yeah. and this is the thing, I, it was a fun monster movie. You're right, and I didn't see a lot of that. Like, you're right. I can't disagree with it. Mm, no, because the um, main dude looked a lot like you. Uh, yeah, come on, Claire. <laughs> don't patronise me with how I don't look anything like Dylan McBrien, <laughs> O'Brien. Anyway, I thought I like Jessica Henwick who fought the big crab. Yeah, of course you would. She's like sexy and cute and smart. No, and I, you know, she's in other things. She was also she's in, in Star the trope. Wars. She's in yeah, like but a bunch listen, of stuff. Also, she's the trope of the dream girl. She's the trope of the dream girl, which walks the very fine See, line, listen for a minute, of being <laughs> girl next door, also sexy but doesn't know it, very smart and great at looking after everybody, and also able to fight a crab sexily with a villainous I can't woman. argue with that. But uh, what I will say is I like the fact that he turned up there being like, we're in love and we'll get together. And she was like, I don't really know you. I thought that was an interesting, like, but then it, that all like turned around no, by I the went end. To yeah, yeah, I know. But and he kissed her. Wouldn't it have been and more... he didn't ask her. What... He, she, he left and then he turns around and he's like, actually. And then he walks up to her, grabs the back of her head and kisses her, <laughs> doesn't ask her. Yeah, you shouldn't do but that. Why do blokes think that, that's, that, they, that. that women just want them to do that? You shouldn't it's in do that. Fucking every movie. You gotta, if you look, the first time you want to kiss a woman. I'm what, sorry, I'm a Now listen, rage. listen, I'm going to solve this. If you ever want to kiss a woman, you get down on one knee and you take them by the hand after you ask them whether you can hold the hand and then you say, may I please? Have the privilege and honour of giving you a big off <laughs> That is the only way to do it. Yeah. All I do, and I look, all of this is really complicated, right? Because so much of relationships and sex and and working out when you can kiss someone or not is based on non-verbal cues. Sure. But I always just think checking consent is always the best way to go forward. If yeah. you're unsure, ask. That can be quite cute to be like. Can I kiss you now? You yeah. know, that's and also cute quite and devastating when they're like, nah. Yeah, but, but good. that would be better, also. Correct. Then than getting, moving in, then moving the... in and getting like a. Cheek. Oh my god! Much better. Always yeah. ask. Always check. Mm. That's my golden rule. All right. Also, fight giant crabs. Yeah, that was cool. I, I like the, the crab fight was good. Yeah, I like the monsters. I mean, seriously. The girl that was the most interesting character, clearly she'd been surviving on her own with a dog in a bus. Had all these, and no, movie. she's not even in the fucking movie. <laughs> she had like all these like amazing artwork on the wall. She'd been like scribbling. She looked totally badass. And I was like, oh, great. There's going to be an interesting. No, she was dead and she didn't come back for the entire movie. I agree. It was a good movie. <sighs> anyway, okay. <laughs> My turn to recommend something. Yes, other than, please do. Um, exploding in rage. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. James, it's time for an ad. Oh, thank God. I know. Now, have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Yeah, it's terrifying. It's about social media burying into your brain and killing everyone you know. Correct. Absolutely. And how it's engineered to exploit users data for profit. I'm literally scrolling through uh, a social media platform <laughs> as I do this ad. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Well, um, I recommend going to watch The Social Dilemma and it really freaked me out. And that's why our friends at ExpressVPN are the perfect anecdote to um, assuage some of your fears, if not all of them. Oh, my goodness. I'd love yes. to have my fears assuaged. Here you go. Well, they put a layer of protection around your data, which is really good. Every time you use the internet, big tech companies mine your data by tracking your searches, messages, and video history. True uh, story. Can they not? Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Well, when you run ExpressVPN on your device, it hides your IP addresses, which websites can use to personally identify you. That makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. Mm. You still need to be careful with what you share on social media, James. I'm very careful with what I do. Don't Are look at me you? like that. But ExpressVPN can make your web browsing more anonymous. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers and eyes. Correct. Many VPNs slow down your internet but not express. It's incredibly fast and easy to use. Just tap one button and you're protected. So if you don't like the idea of tech companies exploiting your personal information. Don't. Yeah, I didn't think you would. Then visit expressvpn.com forward slash suggestible right now and you can get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash suggestible. To protect your data, go to expressvpn.com slash suggestible to learn more. I'll learn. I'll learn. (laughs) One day. Back to the show. All right, all right. All right. Okay. So my first recommendation is just a lovely book called Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton. I've talked about it a little bit before. It's just... It's a joy. She's the co-host of a podcast called The Hilo and she's a writer and a journalist and just an all-round lovely human from what I can gather. This is sort of a memoir. It's her first book. She's also released recently a book called Ghosts, which I haven't read yet. Um, But everything I know about love is funny and self-deprecating and heartbreaking and kind of tracks her friendships and explorations of love and relationships from when she's like a really little girl to like as she grows older through her 20s and 30s and the partying that happens and the way she kind of gets to know herself and she's kind of frolicking through London just being very drunk a lot but then it it I love being drunk I in love London. the way that it's written because it will start with you know a really funny anecdote about what happened when dial up first entered into her life and how it changed everything for her and, MS, and MSN Messenger was like, Oh, I remember. If you're a millennial, oh, my God, it just like opened up this whole world of boys for her that she hadn't had before. And so she'll tell these really funny stories and then there'll be a great recipe for like hangover mac and cheese. And then there'll be this devastating chapter about her friend and grief and loss. And I just, um, one of the most beautiful chapters I thought was actually about when she finds a psychologist and I've never written, read something like that before about someone's experience. Oh, what is happening here? MSN, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, 
that's really. This has one point. Oh my god! Million views. Just people our age going like, "Oh, I remember MSN Messenger." (laughs) Simpler time. Yeah. And then that like dial-up internet. Oh man! I loved MSN Messenger. Yeah. Doesn't exist anymore. No, it was, and then when it would just like pop up with little face emojis and Mm. love hearts. That was before phones and everything. Before phones. Oh mate, back in the dark ages. Anyway, back to Dolly Alderton. There's this chapter about her finding a psychologist and having to confront her demons and Mm. it's written in such a funny sort of honest way about what it's like when you actually find a good psychologist who understands you and how much work goes into and ultimately is so beneficial for you kind of getting to know yourself through therapy. And there's this like really amazing line about how she thought she was going to go there so the therapist could affirm for her how everyone else is an idiot and and all the terrible things that have happened to her are other people's fault. Right. And then what she really realises is a very good therapist talks you through and confronts you with your role in everything that's ever happened to you and right. how alter- like in, the, you know, in a relationship breakdown, it's never just one person's fault. Yeah. You know, there's always things that you've played a part in and that the common denominator in your life is you. And she said that's what's so horrible and hard about therapy but also ultimately so wonderful because it's about building a relationship with yourself. Right, okay, and, yeah. And finding peace in that. Anyway, it was just. They say you should yeah. shop around for a therapist, right? Yeah. Go and see one and be like, no, this one sucks. Yeah, you want totally. someone you click with or whatever. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the other thing I, she said, which I thought was really freeing, was her therapist said to her in the very first session, you don't have to worry about what I think of you. You'll never know what I think about you. You might think I might like you, but you're never going to be sure because I'm never going to tell you. <laughs> so just give up on that now. Stop trying to impress me. And I thought, that not that a freeing thing? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that like I've been to therapy and the whole time I sit there going, oh, I better not cry too much. I better not say too many terrible things. I better not, you know, well, I want to make sure they like me, even yeah. if you're doing it subconsciously. And that is just takes up so much mental space. But if you can get that out of the way, then you're free That's to just. That's a hard thing to kind of step over though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You. But I guess you don't even really know if anybody really likes you really. No. Because <laughs> you can't. You don't know what other people are thinking. No, it's really so true. ever. And I, I think that I don't I'll... know how many people hate me. I mean, in the world, it'd be a lot. <laughs> probably millions. Of, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be millions, but it would be like numbers alone. It would be at least ten thousand people hate me, if not more. Like that's being generous. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. There's all. There's one here at least. Oh, it's myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, don't say that. No, I. Anyway, I just. I think I really recommend it, and it's a beautiful book to gift yeah. if you're looking for a gift for. People have been messaging me about gifts to give their loved ones. Mm. And um, now, if you're going to give a, a gift to somebody, one. make sure that you get down on one knee and you say, "Is it okay <laughs> if I give you this gift?" And if they Excellent. say yes, you can give them a kiss. Excellent. I just always think. Consent. Just check in. How Nothing dare wrong you ruin Love and Monsters for me, Claire? This movie I probably <laughs> won't watch again now. Yeah, well, that's because this is what I'm saying why we need more women writing stuff. I completely agree. And and not even just women, but people of different backgrounds and experiences. Agree. Who and doesn't love watching a thing with like from different everything. perspectives? Yeah, mm. exactly. I just think the narrative for so long has been written by white dudes. And so what you get is stories from their perspective. You should go on the Twitter account, um, Men Writing Women. It's really funny. <laughs> it's a lot about like, it's mostly about breasts. It's like men awkwardly describing breasts. 
I'll see if I can bring some up. Uh, are you? Yeah, I'm done. You're okay, done. cool. All right, I'll do that after then. I, um, I watched a series. Speaking of men, it's called Moonbase Eight. It's on Showtime in uh, the US and probably other places. It's on Stan in Australia. It's created, written, and starring John C. Riley, Tim Heidecker, and Fred Armisen, and that is an absolutely banging lineup of people, right? Of, of comedic, and also like there's some there's some serious actors in there as well. But it's very funny. It follows uh, uh, three subpar astronauts. In so they've they've got all the they've on Earth. NASA have like a series. If you know they'll they'll run experiments where they'll set up like a moon base in the desert, mm-hmm. and you just kind of it's like you run like training exercises and things like that. And you're trying to be self sufficient, so you have to wear like also your astro your spacesuit outside when you go outside and things like that. You're trying to replicate the environment of space, including the isolation and all the problems that that come along with it, right? And the idea is that uh, they're hoping to be selected by NASA to be the actual crew to go to the moon because they're which which is uh, there's a moon base which is being constructed there and they want to be part of that, right? So it's all about like them like running drills and eating like freeze dried food and like repairing things and like and they're just they're also fools. So it's like, do you remember there was that Space Force show earlier this year or last year? I don't know when it was, but it was like the Steve Carell one. Yeah, it was about yeah, yeah. I stopped watching. It yeah, it wasn't me. great, but this was really good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and it's just it's just very like funny and goofy, and it's it's kind of walks that fine line between they're astronauts, so they're obviously intelligent, but they're also not. At the same time, do you know what I mean? Because, but it walks. It, it never becomes ridiculous where it's like, well, he wouldn't say that because he's an astronaut. He wouldn't think that. Do you know what I mean? It kind of it manages to to make that distinction uh, quite well. It's really good. I really liked it. It's eight episodes or six episodes or ten episodes or six episodes. <laughs> but uh, I would recommend checking it out if you have the opportunity. What is this on? So, uh, it's on Stan or Showtime. If you like like Tim and Eric, uh, Tim Heidecker's from that. Fred Armisen's from a bunch of things. Recently he was, uh, what was he in? He's in a bunch of shit. He's, uh, he's in bloody uh, he's, uh, The Last Man on Earth. And John C. Riley is a, is a terrific actor who you probably would have seen in um, – What's that musical of where Richard Gere defends somebody who murdered their wife or whatever? Oh, uh, Chicago. Uh, Chicago. He's like the boyfriend who's like a, a fool. And he's got like the curly hair. He's in yeah. Step Brothers. You know him? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know him. Yeah. He he's, um, sings that song, Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. Oh, okay. Should have been my name, Mr. Cellophane. Such a good musical. It's all right. I love that. Oh, that I thought Renee Sell. Oh, I thought it was great. Renee Selliger. Is incredible in that. She's also amazing in Judy, the movie about Judy Garland. So good. Oh, I loved that. And also other actress that's also Chicago in that and she's in Zorro. Catherine's um Catherine's Zeta Zeta Jones. Jones. Zeta yeah. Jones, so good in it. Oh, and the best song in Chicago is Pop Six. Uh-uh. <laughs> Cicero Lipshit. I've totally stuffed that up, but it's such a good song. And if you haven't watched uh, the movie, I would just go and YouTube that particular song, a montage. It's so good. I love it. Uh, I think I had to do it for some kind of musical theatre idea. Had to do it. Yeah, I bloody loved it. Here's a, here's a piece of writing from uh, Men Writing Women on Twitter. So these are, these are real author's examples. This is the, apparently the first paragraph of a, of a book. I don't know what the book is. 17 and criminally cute. Nikki Robinson oh. sulks through the sultry afternoon trying to keep from staring at her useless, shocking pink cell phone. She hasn't heard from Pfeiffer in three days and is getting the awful feeling she's already been dumped and just hasn't been told yet. Oh, God. <laughs> on a pink phone. 
Yeah, that's like that. I just, you know what? Facebook does know what I like to be served. And I I try and stay away from Facebook as much as I can. But I do get served a lot of videos of like women just like being asked ridiculous questions by men during press rounds. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, yeah, so there's like Ariana Grande and there's an interview with her with some radio hosts being like, what do you love more? You're looking at your phone or – like chocolate or something. Oh my god! I know. If do I have to choose? Yeah, and she just like takes some task. And there's a lot um, of Scarlett Johansson just like Asking, really giving it back to them. There's, there's a great, great montage of her being asked. I might have even done it in a video where like the the other Avengers get asked questions about like diet and character, all those kinds of things. But there's like. In the Avengers 2012 press conference, every interview was literally like, "So I heard you didn't wear any underwear under your <laughs> under your oh, cat suit." And this is this is just her getting more and more exasperated. Sometimes Belva simply would be out riding. She'd come in in a gallop with a broad grin on her face. After a couple of hours in the saddle, her thighs and buttocks glowed, radiating from the inside out like a clay pot right out of the fire. A beautiful soreness that would leave her short of breath all evening. Oh, God. See, this is the problem. This is the problem. No woman has ever would ever write that about themselves. This is... God. Her breasts were like pillows of dough and her ass was like a mold of gelatin. Jesus Christ. See, because that's all problematic, but I think what is more insidious, because that's like clearly just bad writing, right? Yes. I think what is more insidious is men writing dialogue for women in ways that they wouldn't speak. Yeah. Or, or only writing in one-dimensional ways. So um, who is that actress who was talking about... Um, She's in Broadchurch and I love her. She's Yeah, um, Olivia Coleman. Yes, Olivia Coleman, thank you. Olivia Coleman um said some really great stuff about how if you just replace you just turn some of the male characters in film to females mm. without actually changing the script. Yeah. How amazing your role suddenly is as a woman. Yeah. But they and they don't write you as a person; they write you as a woman. Yeah. Whereas men just get to have interesting characters written for them. Tell me, can, can I ask you one more thing? Tell me if this is accurate because this was posted by Men Writing Women. This is from Robert Schultz. He says male writers often struggle writing female characters, but luckily I grew up with sisters and I'm able to craft rich, real, rich, realistic dialogue for my female characters, such as. Such as, leave us alone, you dumb idiot, or fuck off back to your room, <laughs> you stupid dumb idiot. <laughs> yeah, see, I, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that, <laughs> to, full disclaimer, I'm not saying that men can't write. No, I know that, I know characters. that, yeah, yeah. I just mean that we just need more women doing it because our experiences and the way we write things. That's why Fleabag, for instance, is so brilliant. Like that scene when she's on the subway and she, the whole world is tilting and then she mm. says, oh, no, my, I'm just getting my period. Yeah. There's like moments in that in Fleabag, so many moments where she's like, hair is everything. Yeah, <laughs> or I like, like that. Or I look like a pencil. Like there's just so many quotes where that's just I just see my own experience reflected back and I am aware that that's a white woman writing a show, so of course I would see myself reflected back. So that's why we need diverse people writing Diverse characters from all walks of life. Disagree. Anywho, okay. Anyway, what's next? Next. So I have got really um, awesome picture book written by a friend of mine, Jamila Risby. It's oh, my goodness. I'm a hero too. And 
if you are someone who has little people and you are currently going back into lockdown or you've been in lockdown, this book people. is particularly for you. Yeah, um, which I guess is probably, you know, a lot of people all over the world. So the story follows a little boy called Artie um, whose mother is actually a scientist and is developing um, a vaccine to help um, fighting the virus. And so Pfizer? Sorry? Pfizer, that company? Yes, that's developing. potentially could be. Anyway. This is a branded book, so I keep going. <laughs> No, it's just a beautiful story about um, a child seeing the world through, you know, seeing what's happening with the virus and lockdown through a child's eyes yeah. and through his parents' eyes and what's happening in their lives and then sort of explaining how he can be a hero too yes. and sort of empowering kids to feel like they can also help when he sees his mum helping. Um, and also just kind of talking, it kind of is a good way to open up a conversation about how they're feeling mm. about the whole virus and the lockdown and kind of giving them really accurate information about what's going on because often, you know, particularly when people are working from home as well, kids kind of are getting shushed out of the rooms and their lives have completely changed. And so she does address that, like parents working from home and not being able to see grandparents yeah, and, yeah. and then and playgrounds being shut and all of that stuff. I didn't realise so, this what it was about. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I really knew it was cool. coming out. All, so I knew it was out, but I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah it's really cool and really timely. And um, you read it with our uh, little fella tonight, didn't you? I did. He was mainly obsessed with the fact that Jamila, who is a friend of ours, wrote it. And he kept being like, but... Oh, where's her? Where's Rafi, who's his little friend? And um, and so he was just so fascinated and her picture is at the back. And the illustrations are done by Peter Cheong. He's never said to me, hey, Dad, 10,000 people in the world hate you and that's cool. <laughs> it's ridiculous. One day he will. Anyway, the illustrations are really gorgeous too. There's a little Peter's um, drawn his cat into every page mm. and it's just bright and colourful and ultimately has a really wonderful message and a great way to enter into a conversation. Picture books are such a great way to open up a conversation with kids that can otherwise be pretty tricky. Sure. Um, yeah, so I think, anyway, really great book I recommend. And she's written some other really good books too, The Motherhood I've talked mm. about before. That's sort of a, um, a, hot, a collection of essays from or letters from prominent women in Australia who've become mothers and it's really great as a gift for someone who's about to become a mum or is a mum, a new mum, particularly with a new baby. So that's awesome. She's written Not Just Lucky as well, which is about um, women's experience, I guess, in the workplace and, and with careers. And then also she's, I don't know how she's done this in lockdown, the other book that she's recently released, which I haven't got to yet, but I'm really excited to read I've ordered it. It's called Untold Resilience, Stories of Courage, Resilience and Love from Women Who Have Gone Before. So she's mm. interviewed a whole lot of elderly women who've lived through world wars and, um, you know, refugees and all kinds of things and has compiled their stories into a book. Terrific. Yes, terrific. Uh, I had a few more things, but I think we're out of time. We're out of time, Claire. So let's, okay. let's just read some go. reviews. Now, Excellent. listen, I can't stress this enough. Reviews help the show. If you're listening to this, you could write a review right now. You could do it in app and you should do it. And if you don't do it, you're on the, you're on the list of 10,000 people that I hate. <laughs> so just bear that in mind. Uh, this is from uh, 2717 Sebastian 2004. It says, it's pretty good, five stars. It's a really excellent podcast. It's really interesting and funny. Both co-hosts are funny and amazing together. Most of the stuff they recommend is spot on and good. You may not agree with them politically, but sometimes we can all agree on that this. Something we can all agree on is this podcast is in fact less successful. I think we can all agree on that. Overall, <laughs> worth a listen and a five-star rating. Thank you so much, Sebastian, uh, 2717, 2004. 
What about you, Claire, in terms of letters that you have? All right. So um, you can contact the show at suggestiblepod at gmail.com. You specifically, James, you can write to all the people that uh, hate you. I can write to all the people that hate me? I don't know. I don't know. It's late. I'm tired. Anyway, so you can write to the show. And we would love to do that with your recommendations just like Simon France. Oh, my God, Simon. I know. Hello. Hello, Claire and James. Hoping you are enjoying your new freedom in Victoria. I am. We certainly are. We're going to the zoo. Woo-hoo. Yes, we are going to go to the zoo. I know. I'm writing you from Colorado where things are just about to shut down again. Sorry, mate. Oh. At least one of my last outings was to a park for a socially distanced dance party to celebrate the election results. How amazing were the footage of all the dancing over oh. this weekend? Oh, crazy. And it also made me incredibly anxious because of uh, in the social distancing thing. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sad sack. But, yeah. No, no, I, 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 I know. There I were masks you. and distancing, but also I'm like, oh, my God, there's, like, there's 100,000 anyway. cases a day there. Well, but, right. anyway. but, no, I understand. Hey, man, amazing. look, I understand just spontaneous that. dance parties. Just that's the joy that was just mm. kind of oh, amazing. Anyway, back to Simon's letter. I know there is still so much work to do, but right now I'm feeling a bit better. One thing I recently heard from a political commentator that I've been repeating to myself is truth from the top will be truly cleansing. Yeah, I think exactly it's also the thing I where it's like uh, any any organisation or specifically schools that um, I've worked for with the person at the top, the whole the culture really does filter down mm. from there. It doesn't matter who you've got underneath. If that person up top is a fucking lunatic, then that <laughs> is reflected in everything all the way down. Because you spend your whole time going like, am I insane? Like is there something wrong with me? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. am, I, am, I, am I reading this situation wrong? Because this person's in charge, so they must to some extent know what they're doing. No, but that's like Michelle Obama said. She's been with, you know, at the very top tables of all these leaders and she's like, the first thing I've realised is they're not that smart. No. Nah. Sometimes I don't even know why they got there. So I could point to 10,000 people who correct. <laughs> I feel oh, similarly about. me. Exactly. Anyway, back to Simon's great letter. Sorry, Simon's great letter. Here's his recommendations. Number one, Bananas, the podcast where comedians Kurt Braun Ola, oh, goodness, I've really butchered that, and Scotty Landes discuss the strange, fascinating, and just plain bananas news around the world. A great and funny escape from the terrible news at the moment. Cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Eve Ewing is the number second, second number two mm. recommendation. Remember what? I don't know. What time is it? Mm. Anyway, e-viewing. A writer and sociologist who I think you'll both enjoy following, um, Claire. She had a great essay featured in the Vanity Fair issue guest edited by Ta-Nehisi Coates about police unions and an Instagram that features her beautiful poultry and stress baking. Oh, cool. Oh, mate, I was I did a lot of stress baking over the weekend. Gosh, <laughs> that was a long time to hear the results. It was so weird. I was in a, in a world of hurt. I did a lot of cooking. Anyway, and James. <laughs> She wrote the Ironheart run as well yes, as the current Champions I, run for Marvel. I have not read the Champions run, uh, mm. but oh, that's cool, yes. Both of which I recommend reading. She also frequently posts about playing Ghost of Shishima. I fucking love Ghost of Shishima. Yeah, you do. That's that beautiful one with all the grass and horses. All the grass and horses one, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? You showed me. Do you know what's out this week? What? It's actually out uh, today when this goes out. Spider-Man Miles Morales, the oh, video game. Oh, It can be Spider-Man again, finally. Oh. Man, all right. Do I have cool. to buy a PlayStation 5, Claire? Should I? 
I have zero opinion. <laughs> I have zero opinion. Remember that time you were going to buy me a new PlayStation, but then I'd snuck out and bought one already for myself? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and you were more mad that I would buy <laughs> Yes, because they're the only things you actually find joy in. <laughs> you're so you're such a sad sack. You've been the joy that you felt on Sundays already dissipated with your whinging and your moaning. I watched too you much. You were like, I've never seen you so happy I'm in too as many on groups. Sunday. I'm in too you many are. Groups. I've just shut all that off. I'm just hopeful. Mm. And here. All my best, Simon. Thanks, mate. All I'm saying is a lot of the institutional things that happen that led to a Trump presidency are a result of people and sometimes directly characters like Joe Biden. And, look, it is a step in, I feel, in a direction to normalcy and acceptance because it was really nice in his speech and her speech where they talked about about this a week from the planet, like inclusivity and naming specifically, you know, like people from who, from all walks of life, which is really important, and being recognised. You know what I mean? Having somebody up top say that matters. Yes, it does. It matters. But I'm just more worried about the complacency. I think people kind of shut down and go, "It's solved. Everything's no, fixed." No, I don't think it's so. Not. There's I disagree. 70 million people who don't think this is a good thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. But the fact that Joe Biden stands up stands up there and says he wants to be a president for everyone. I completely agree. I think agree. he's the man of the moment. I think he's been through a lot of trauma in his life. I and I think that experiencing that depth of pain and working somewhere for that long where you have to try and get agreement mm. across the aisle, I'm really hopeful. And plus Kamala Harris is badass and great. And Look, I, just I don't think, I don't I do disagree think with that there's hope there, but I do also agree that I what I think is the most hopeful thing for me is that people have seen that Democracy really does still work, and that what sort of oh God, can you just be a little <laughs> bit positive? No, it does work. All of those people counting all of those ballots, it's the same in Australia. And I just think there's a movement now where people see that they do still have power, mm. and that if you organize and you rally and you talk and you get people registered, I mean, Stacey Abrams, for yeah, instance, incredible. in Georgia. Like she took a loss and turned that around. Into, she did, yeah. absolutely. She took a loss and she turned it around into cam- active grassroots campaigning to get more people registered to mm. vote and it now looks like Georgia will flip from red yeah. to blue. And I just think that kind of activism and people seeing that work on the ground, it's hopeful. It gives you hope. It realises it, it kind of shows you that. Often what it takes for the status quo to stay the status quo is for good people to do nothing. That is what I'm saying. That is what I'm yeah. saying in terms of like it's like when Obama got in and it's sort of like it's fine. This is yeah, my president. you can't just so, like. That is what I'm saying. I'm not saying none of those things are good. I'm not trying to take away from any of that. that all that is very good. Mm. But I'm saying like these things are ongoing. Yeah. They don't stop ever. Yeah, you know I, what know, I mean, I got, know. You've got to be vigilant because people will, if they, there are people out there who will kind of etch away at your rights, do you know what I mean? Yes, If you give exactly. them the opportunity. I know, yeah. exactly right. And we've seen that throughout history. Mm. Even things like, yeah. do you remember he put, put through the executive order that about the trans people um, banned in the military, which mm. can be reversed luckily because it's a re- yeah, re- and Joe executive Biden. order. But it's like, what? why even do this? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. I know, James, yeah. but I know. But it's a, it's. Fucking mosquito in here. <laughs> God, guys, he can't even be happy for one minute. I'm happy, Claire. This is me happy. <laughs> I'm very confused. All I'm saying is, James, it feels like a win for the world and I think that's a good thing and it's the start. It's like I, I heard some commentators saying absolutely that you can't get caught up in representation. Representation absolutely matters and having leaders who are willing to read science mm. and state fact rather than spinning confusion and lies and misinformation 
is so vital at this point in our history but you can't get caught up in just the fact like and I and there was sort of commentary around that with Obama that yes it's amazing that he mm. you know is the first black american president and that's so fantastic but yeah it's not the only thing no there also has to be us the people changing the world in the way we want it to be and i think for so many of us we don't do anything we just complain about our leaders agreed and we don't do anything. I agree. And I think that's what's shown us in this this election in the US, even though it's not here, that when people actually mobilise, that's when change happens and that's what democracy is. Mm. And so we can't be complacent. I totally agree. But I also think, can't we just bloody sing um, that, Ameri- that Mariah Carey song, All I Want for Christmas we can all sing that. good is song. You. Did good you song. see that footage? I did see that footage, dancing? yeah. Yeah, and just... Bloody enjoy the moment for a minute and then get to work. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. Mm. But um, by, by reviewing this show. <laughs> yeah. In app. In app. And we've been to Justable Pod. Anyway, sorry for getting political again in a very political week. Oh, goodness, but look this at it is this way. Very rambling. Look at it this way. You, you don't have to listen. It's a completely optional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. And who knows what crazy shows we'll watch on who Netflix? Maybe knows. Auntie Donna's new show, which is now out on Netflix, which people can watch, which I've already seen. Ooh, I loved it. Oh, you lucky ducky. Fantastic. That South African skit. Man, I keep watching it. I love it so much. All right. Well, no one else has seen it yet. They would have now. All right. Excellent. Yes. Watch that. Okay. We've been stressful pod. Bye. I'm going to kill that mosquito. Later. You're dead mosquito. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 